It's time for the Orlando Lions Den podcast with your hosts, JJ, Eddie, Cleon, and Alex Brown. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Welcome to another edition of Orlando's Lion Dids podcast. This is a special edition, and Jason Kreis has gotten fired here uh, from Orlando City. We have Alex Ryder. Alex, what's happening, my man? Uh, this is the an emergency podcast put together with almost no time, no prep, and it's going to be raw, and some people are going to have to contain their excitement while being respectful. So I'm not necessarily one of them. Okay. Yeah. So but, Eddie, yeah. what's happening, Eddie? Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? So other than the emergency part, it's pretty much a normal podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And Alex the Swag, what's happening? A monumental day in Orlando City history. Very monumental. Cleon's not able to be joining us. He's still in Bermuda. Packing his bags, heading back to the lovely Sunshine State. Uh, so, guys, I want to know, uh, Alex, you're the one that broke out the news to all of us. Uh, I want to know uh, what you think of uh, Jason Christ being fired. Yeah, that was thanks to the Twitter notifications that I got. But uh, where were was, you when this happened, Alex? I was sitting at work. I was watching the <laughs> World Cup, and. Yeah. That makes it even better. Talking to some customers, and I was like, I stopped everything. I had to put the lady I was talking to with on hold, and I was Christ, <laughs> Christ out. My mind was blown. I had to, I had to like take deep breaths and text everybody that I knew would would be excited. So, um, but obviously, something that the, the fans have been expecting to to happen for a long time. Typically, don't see, you know it go on for much longer after a six game losing streak. Literally any one of us could have sat in and been the head coach for the last six games and gotten as many points. So that doesn't really work out well. And when you had a year like you did last year, uh, and even the winning streak that we had was six games. We came back from behind in four of them. You know, it wasn't the most convincing winning streak that, that you could see. So Christ out and it happened. We move forward from here. Eddie, what do you think about Kreisel? I think at this point, the way that the club reacted the last match, how you could tell that that uh, Christ had said that we really needed urgency and all that, and he, you could tell he sounded almost exasperated at the end, where he says uh, the club knew a thousand percent how we needed to come out in this match, show some urgency. And the fact is that they didn't shows maybe he lost the locker room, or they just weren't responding to him. You know, so I think at this point with the losing streak and the break that we have, it was a perfect time to go ahead and do it. I don't think the club wants to risk uh, the rest of the season with Christ. doesn't have confidence that he'll pull it through for the rest of the year, which is why they did a midseason move like this. Alex Ryder, give me your input on Christ out. I, I think it was inevitable. I think the only reason that it happened on Friday and not Thursday is because one, they they lost a tire on the bus, which in, in it of itself was pretty poetic. And two, they needed to actually get back to Orlando so he could be fired, which I, I 
there's and we'll have some debate on this, but we're not clearly clear on if the team was told or not, and if they were, they seemed quite chipper on Twitter this week. In it to go back to what was said earlier, this was the time to do it. I'll draw an analogy to my college youth. I once broke up with a girl right before spring break just to get that little break and that recovery. <laughs> so you wanted this to is have, exactly you wanted to have fun in spring break, huh? My definition of a fun on spring break is sleeping for for a week and a half. <laughs> okay. And that's exactly what I did. So you didn't do the breakup during Valentine's Day and birthdays so you could save some money. No. <laughs> no. So, uh real quick guys, according to reports, uh supposedly Flavio and Alex linked down were the only ones that knew about the firing. Mm. Uh, reports that are coming out from uh, sources, from media. Um, I'll say it, Orlando Sentinel, Jordan Culver, and Christian Brewery from WFTV. So supposedly it was a uh, uh, just a joint effort between Flavio and Alex. Um, that I don't think the team knew about it, and I think the team is surprised just like some former players that have gone to Twitter uh, that are happy about it. Uh, but on my take about um, the good old, uh, the good old boy of uh, Jason Christ, I think uh, it, it was time, you know, it was an embarrassment, Vancouver, Montreal, six games. Uh, it's the longest record for us on a losing streak. And like I said, on Tuesday's podcast, the last podcast, it had a, it was time for him to go if we lost and we did lose. So I think it was a great uh, job by the front office. And now we just need to rally behind uh, Bobby Murphy and rally behind our new coach. They'll be coming in hopefully within the next week or two. So what do I you have, guys think? Yeah, go I mean, ahead. I know a lot of us aren't really shocked. Uh, but there are some people that obviously are shocked or upset or not happy about the decision that was made today. I mean, do you guys see any, any validity in that? I mean, what do you guys think to, to people who say, you know, that if you fire a coach every two years, you know, this, people aren't going to want to come here and coach? That's well, not true. I'm going to go ahead, Alex. Well, first of all, there's no way this decision was made today or even yesterday. I think it was very clear to Jason Kreis on Wednesday before the game in Montreal that it was, you get three points out of this match or you're fired. And that's why when the PK happened, the picture that is now circulated all over the social media has been circulated of Jason Kreis with just his hand face in his hands because he knew that at that moment that it was over yeah that's my profile and, profile picture now and and to the point where yeah it, it was inevitable and if anything i don't i i don't agree with these people that say we didn't give him enough time we gave him 23 months he was the coach of the club for 23 months we literally rebuilt the club around him during this offseason getting him 12 pieces and he's done almost nothing with it uh you guys know i got sources uh one source uh has told me that it, it was gonna happen uh at the beginning of the season 
Um, and uh, luckily, he won a game and then went on that winning streak. But uh, it's already – We're talking about Portland, planned. right? Yes, correct. Um, it was, you know, when we had the first three, four games, you know, we were struggling. It was already close to happening. So this was just a nail in the coffin after this sixth game that we lost in a row. Yeah, and uh, we, we've heard, too, that a lot of it was a matter of his contract and the fact that it had to buy it out. And that kind of bought him some time and the new players. And then he pulled out that winning streak um, together. You know, um, now to go with the two years, 23 months, four games less than Adrian Heath had, only four games. Um, that this is two years, and soccer is like four or five years in like an NFL contract or Major League Baseball contract. This is just how football soccer works. You don't get three, four years to rebuild it. There isn't, there isn't the patience for that. This is an American concept that it, we don't have American owners. This is not how they respond to to advance in football. This is not what they're used to. This is not what they what their culture is accustomed to when it comes to football. That's not world culture for football. So you you, you get a certain time. If the team's not responding, you're not winning, they they move along. Now did the Christ some of it's unfair? Sure. He he had he had um you know Gita's penalty was, was ridiculous. That was dumb. Dom had a couple sitters he missed. There's, um, there was tons of injuries. There have been some bad calls. But is the team attacking? Is the team creating chances? Is the team responding? Is the team playing with urgency? Can we afford to wait, right? The club, Flavio and, and uh, Alex said no. They, that's not, not enough time. I mean, there isn't enough time to risk that at this point because we need to make the playoffs. Yeah, and, I mean, Eddie, to talk about that, that stuff that, that you mentioned, you know, missing sitters and just losing games because of bad, maybe quote unquote bad calls by the ref or bad breaks or whatever you, whatever you may call it. That's been a frequent thing in the 64 games that Jason Christ has been at the, at the exactly. helm. And exactly. let me, let me add that we, in that time we've, we've broken down the whole team already and replaced the entire team. And that obviously has not worked through 15 or 16 games this year. So there was only one thing really left to remove and, and break down and, and, and get a reboot going. Uh, that's going to be my thing is I don't think this is a rebuild. I think this is a reboot. We're just restarting the machine and hoping that we can get a jump start here from a guy that can actually, you know, get the best out of his players. So, uh, you know, overall, I think we're all going to be probably excited at the end of the year. The guy that's coming in has taken over a team that's above the red line. So, mm. It's not like it's a terrible situation. People th- seem to think that the, the season is lost, but that is not the case. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, yeah. Alex Brown on this one, and I agree with you. The guy that comes in, it's not a rebuilding process. It's a rebooting process, just like you said. We got a team that basically can make it far in the playoffs. I mean, you got Chris Mueller, who's showing that he can be rookie of the year. You have, I mean, if – if the coach that comes in can improve Justin Merrim's play, I think Justin Merrim's going to be a great player. Sasha, um, get away from that stupid diamond, if you ask me. But um, we're going to basically – the coach that comes in has a great team, and I am not worried about it. I think we will make the playoffs as this coach comes in and is a good coach, well-known, possibly European or South American. And I think we'll have a good team, and I think we'll – 
will possibly make a run in the playoffs. And look at Seattle Sounders uh, two years ago. Uh, they did it, and they won the MLS Cup. So why can't we do it? Yeah, and to add to this, I think people are having the argument both ways, right? They're saying, well, Christ just needed more time. People are getting getting healthy and so forth, right? So, well, the new coach is going to get them healthy, right? This goes to the reboot part. Um, that that we have a good roster. We just need them to play together, right? So the, um, why are they calling it a rebuild while saying that we have a good enough roster to make the playoffs? The guy's not going to come in and blow up the roster. It's midseason. So if the roster's good enough for the playoffs for Christ, then the roster's good enough for the playoffs, period, right? So they, there's nothing about Christ that was making this roster perform better, which is why he got fired. So people are having it both ways. We have a good roster. This is just a reboot, a re-energizing, a refocus. Might use players slightly different or a couple things a coach can, can trigger on someone to get him focused, to play cleaner like Justin Merrim or to put him in a proper you know place to maximize your ability like Sasha. Um, so, yeah, totally, totally a reboot. And for those saying that we're good enough, we didn't need to change coach, then we're still, we still have the same players with the new coach. So why can't we be good enough for the new guy? Exactly. And to go back briefly to what I said earlier and to what everyone's been alluding to, it's this was inevitable. It's he's already had a thin leash at the start of the season. Like you said, JJ, he was basically about to get fired after four games and then he went on this win streak. And now we've gone on an equally, if not worse, losing streak. Doesn't matter if it's at home or away. The injuries, you might give him a little leniency, but if he's already got a short very short leash like that, mm. they've already built the team around him. Looking at our calendar right now, we've got, we don't have an MLS game for eight days, mm. and it's at home. This was the time to do it. Like I was joking about earlier, if something's inevitable, like a hard, decisions such as a breakup or a separation mm -hmm. <laughs> from a coach you find the time to do it two years ago when we we let adrian heath go it was during the copa america break mm -hmm. same thing mm -hmm. yeah and i wanted to add or uh, respond to the whole it's embarrassing that we fire people just as two coaches who less than two years that that's that's embarrassing it's the cleveland browns or no one wants to be here we have everything in place for someone to want to be here. We have great weather, great city, great stadium, the best fans. The fact that we're firing people after two years just means we've hired the wrong people. And it actually is not embarrassing because that means the club is willing to do and make hard decisions in order to win and has a high level of, a, you know, a high standard of excellency. So I think on the contrary, it's not embarrassing. I'm proud that they're able to make these decisions. And I feel like Flavio and Alex are committed to winning by making decisions like this. Let me uh, add to that. You're saying beautiful city. Yes, of course, Orlando is a beautiful city, the city beautiful, <laughs> and people would love to come here and uh, basically coach. I mean, look at Spain. We're, let's talk about coaching. I mean, they just fired the guy because he signed with Real Madrid. <laughs> uh, and nothing's wrong. Spain was a favorite to win the, the World Cup, <laughs> you know, and they just fired. Uh, the Federation fired him. So... Uh, he didn't lose. He didn't do anything. They just fired because he became the Real Madrid head coach. Well, guess what? Jason Christ was losing. It's time to go. Go to Europe. Go to South America. I mean, you just win a championship, Claudio Rainier. 
goes and wins a championship for Leicester City, and guess what happens? He gets fired the next season, half of the season, mm. you know? Yeah. So that's happens in soccer. I'm sorry, this isn't the NBA, and this isn't the NFL. This is soccer, and it's, it happens every day. And this is definitely not Arsenal, where winning fourth pl- fourth place every year is enough to keep a guy around for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And Spurs. And, please, and Spurs are a new Arsenal, because that's what they do. It's not so bad, is it? <laughs> no, but you're right. The idea, Arsene Wenger was an outlier. 20 years for a coach. And he, look at Chelsea. Look, Conte won last year. Chelsea, Conte's gone. This is not abnormal. This is normal. This is what this is. This means you need to win now. And period. That's just how, how soccer works. Now, we got, a, we, got yes. a, we got a question here from our buddy Orange County SC um, asking us, you know, what do, you, what do we think about like comparing comparing the legacy of Christ and Heath, and then did Christ get enough time? We kind of addressed that. We feel like Christ got enough time. Did he have, um, did he have like all the chess pieces in place the whole time? No, he didn't. But I, I don't think, I don't think it, it was worth the wait to see what he can do because I don't think the the front office believed even if he had the chess pieces, he can maximize it. So that's what I think on that. And so, what do you guys think about that? If he had enough time, and uh, if if um, what do you think between who was a bigger failure, Christ or Heath? I don't care. Yeah. They both suck. They both failed. I don't care. This topic frustrates me. Uh, I'm very passionate about it. He got plenty of time. He got 64 games at the helm, yeah. and he could do nothing with it. You know, he we. Our roster has greatly improved. I mean, I saw it on, I don't know, Twitter or Facebook, and if somebody knows who this was, point them out. But I read, and they put it perfectly, Jason Christ was a MLS 1.0 player that worked in a, you know, that coached in a 2.0 league and then is trying to succeed now in a MLS 3.0 league. And it's not working. That's just not happening. It's a totally new league, and and. He had 64 games. He's got MLS All-Stars. He's got American International players. He's got Yoshi Yutun, who's playing in the World Cup. He's got great defenders now. I mean, I don't know what else to give the guy. 64 games is plenty of time. He had, what, 21 wins, 29 losses, and 14 draws. 14 draws. So you're talking... 77 points in 64 games. Yeah, and 86. That's not good enough. And 86 goals for, 114 goals against. That's not great. What do you you think about We're literally on pace to tie Minnesota's record last year of most goals given up, and our defense is tremendously better. So if you're not going to blame that on coaching, I don't know what to blame it on. I mean, yeah, we haven't gotten the breaks, but like I said, that's been a consistent thing, and – you got to when when you when you want to break consistency, you got to change the variables. It's simple math. We've changed the team variable, and that's obviously not worked. So now it's time to change the coaching variable. And part of the reason that with the goal differential or the goals allowed is so high is because of this recent streak. The last two matches we've allowed eight goals, so we're trending we're trending in the wrong direction. Let me talk about a little bit of the legacy that you're uh, talking about there, uh, Eddie. Mm-hmm. Um, that Orange County SC is um, talking about. Mm -hmm. So basically, legacy is Sir Alex Ferguson. Mm -hmm. That's legacy. Uh, Vicente Del Bosque from Spain. That's legacy. 
what has Jason Christ done in two seasons here, basically, because 64 games, you divide that into two, that's 32 games each season, and that's basically two years. He hasn't done anything. Adrian Heath, legacy, yes, he won our USL championships, but we're talking MLS, which is the big leagues here in America. He hasn't done anything either. He's about to get fired in Minnesota. There's rumors that he'll be fired next week, also, if he doesn't win. So, legacy is Ferguson. Del Bosque, coaches that win championships there for a long time. These two coaches aren't legacy, and they're not going to be legacy until we get a coach here that continues a winning tradition here at Orlando City. And the I, I will agree with you that the definition of legacy is that. The only reason that I would argue that Adrian Heath does have a legacy with our club is because he was the first. He was the one that got us from a small team in Austin to moving to Orlando to building the vision that we have today. Agreed, but the question was, and I I didn't ask it right, sorry, was contrast to Orlando MLS legacies. And in in that, yeah, so I I didn't mention that. If we're talking just just MLS, I agree with that whole His main question is really that, like, you know, just like the overall scope of each each person's, uh, each coach's tenure. But, you know, who was the bigger failure between the two? I think I'll give it to – I'll say Heath was the bigger failure in that Christ picked better players, brought better players in, and I think he built a better roster. Now, what role did they play in that? Um, I'm not sure. Lee had pointed that out, and I completely agree with that. Um, so I'll give it to, to Christ on that. But I don't know. It's just it's like picking who who's the – Never mind. I'm not going to go there. It's just like it, it's it's you're picking from two losers in this sense. Who cares who's the less less loser of the two? I'm going to make go ahead. I'm going to make a bold prediction here, mm-hmm. and it is pretty bold. <laughs> but Justin Miram has been terrible all year. Okay, <laughs> and it's the truth. I mean, it's consensus. Really? That, that wasn't bold. <laughs> but listen, we're going to get a new coach in, and Miram's going to turn it all around. And a lot of our guys are going to turn it all around. And I wouldn't be surprised if come just the Montreal game, just under a different guy, we have more passion and you see just a different style team. And a lot of these people who are upset will start to reel their words back. And then in 10 games, a lot of these people, once we make a hire, no matter who it may be, as long as it's a motivational guy that that looks like he protects his players, that stands for his players, you know, you're, you're going to have success. I mean, Jason Christ, even during the games, his body language is terrible. He yells at refs after the games. I mean, it, it, his players, it has to get frustrating and tiring over and over again to, to be working with a guy like that. So, I mean, overall, we're, I think in, in 10 games, you're going to see Justin Miram wake up out of a slump. And there will be no, no coincidence that it comes right after we fire the manager. Yeah, I, I think the next coach, if he – he sets up the environment for them to have fun again, right? It's going to make a big difference. And you see players who are who look like they're carrying a heavy burden and they're frustrated like Justin Merrim, just play more free and be more more awake, you know? So I, that's a good and call, also, Alex. And I also think it's going to be uh, basically – he already had lost the locker room, uh, I think. Yep. And, and Alex uh, Brown, you're hitting it on the spot. Um, you're going to see it more exciting – and even if the players did know, you know, today, 
or whatever were they tweeting about? They're tweeting about Cristiano Ronaldo's uh, three goals today. Of course, I had to put that in there. But, um, you know, against Spain, <laughs> uh, I didn't know that there was a lot of uh, Cristiano Ronaldo fans on Orlando City, the, the players. Mm-hmm. And uh, But basically, you're right. I think it's going to be a different atmosphere in the game against Montreal uh, next week. And you're going to see Miram possibly play better. And also, what I want to say is, when is it that we're going to start seeing the general manager on the hot seat if we don't start winning? Baducci or Balducci, whatever his name is. and Budilik or whatever his name is. <laughs> but, uh, but but he needs to be on the hot seat also, you know? Six-game yeah. six winning streak. You know, you just can't put it all on Jason Christ. Yeah, he's the coach. But, hey, if Justin Marin doesn't work out, Hey, he's the general manager that brought him in. So uh, we uh, and gave up a lot of stuff for him. So we gotta keep an eye on that too on the GM. Yeah, hopefully. And, go ahead, Alex. I, and I can't. And I can't. I'm excited to uh, segue into our our predicted guys because mm-hmm. I'm doing some research on the side here, and, and I'm excited to uh, to hear what JJ's got to say and probably jump on his back here. But oh, okay. And Alex, right. I wanted to add that that it's gonna the guy's gonna be able to bring his own staff because other than Bobby Murphy, who just might be there to ease with the transition, um, Joseph, you know, his all his what is Miles Joseph and uh, and CJ Brown are, are are gone too. All right. Well, we're at, well we're talking about it. Let's uh, talk about our who do we think? I've been doing some calling around and some researching and some uh, uh, basically. Uh, Adam Schefter type uh, dealing around the wash and, and yeah. <laughs> so uh, basically, uh, my it's not prediction. It's just basically what I think and what I've heard from the rumblings already of uh, after Jason Christ. I got a couple of uh, coaches that are um, very favorable of coming to Orlando City. Um, let me give you some of the names. Pedro Cachinha, who's the head coach right now of Cruz Azul in Mexico. Um, and then we have the uh, Iranian coach, uh, Carlos Queiroz, who uh, was under Sir Alex Ferguson for many years as his uh, second-hand man. He also has MLS experience as he helped the second-year uh, New York Metro Stars back in the MLS days. Uh, he coached them. He's now the Iranian head coach. And uh, he also coached Cristiano Ronaldo for the Portuguese national team. Also, you got Paulo Bento, who port, uh, coached Portugal, who's been with Olympiacos. Uh, of course, yes, I'm saying these are European coaches. But we also have a South American coach. And this is the one that I think could happen and possibly happen, is uh, Luis Felipe Scolari, who uh, basically last week uh, denied a big – payday amount from Sporting Lisbon of Portugal, and uh, he is a great mentor to Kaká, and I said Kaká, Kaká, (laughs) and basically uh, he would, uh, I can see Kaká coaching Orlando City within two years, and Scolari mentoring Kaká to becoming the head coach, and then yes, Andres Villas-Boas would be another choice, but I don't see that happening. Why not? You guys go ahead. I just don't think he would come here yet, <clears throat> even though he has gone to Zenit St. Petersburg. He's coached Chelsea, Porto, won a championship in Portugal. I just uh, – I, I think he wants to go 
a little bit higher still. And then, you know, if he doesn't make it out there, then hey, I'll uh, I'll head to the MLS or something like that. Okay, cool. What's your guys' I, uh, reaction to that, Alex? Personally, I mean, the more I read into it, I really would enjoy the Scolari pick. Um, JJ pointed out that Diego Koshko, the VP, I think, of communications for Orlando City, followed him today on uh, Twitter. So, you know, maybe he's trying to shoot a DM over to his agent, uh, or he followed his agent, rather. So, obviously, right. maybe something's going on there. But, uh, I mean, you never know. That would be a great pickup, I think. And people who talk about, you know, oh, Brazil power and, and why Brazil, everything with Brazil. Well, I mean, Brazil has the most World Cups. I mean, you're talking about soccer nation that has power and, 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 and they know how to do it and they've done it for a long time. I mean, yeah, sure, their domestic league isn't the greatest, but they still generate the best players. So, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind uh, seeing a guy like Scolari come in. I would love... To have a guy like Hakan, even though he has no coaching experience, even just to be on the on the staff, um, so that would kind of open that uh, that up for possibility. And if you're going to tell me that you wouldn't you wouldn't like a Scolari head coach with Kaká as an assistant, I mean, come on, that's the dream that's the dream scenario mm-hmm. for for MLS, and MLS would do anything for that to happen. Don Garber would be Don Garber would be wetting his pants over that. I mean. You're talking major player in, in the game for South American young talent. Anytime a top-tier kid wants to come out of there, you're going to be in, in contention as long as you have the dollars to spend. Nice. DPs for coaches. That's, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. No, I, I think Scolari would be great for those reasons you, you had mentioned. I think I think he's, he's well-established, he's well-known, and bringing players in is, 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 is crucial. And name recognition is one of those things. That, that has lagged for us when compared to like Tata, Tata Martinez and Patrick Vieira. You know, so I'm excited about this. I hope that's right. Now, what do you guys think about the, the, the retreads that have been listed out there? Bruce Arenas, Caleb Porter, oh. and all these guys like that. Is anybody okay. like excited by any of that stuff? This is my hill or to James, stand on. As James a, O'Connor or Jimmy O? Yep. Uh, Anthony, as the hill I stood on on Slack earlier and was shouted down was – is. <laughs> If I, I agree wholeheartedly, first off, mm-hmm. that I would rather have all the guys that you guys just listed rather than the other guys because we've pulled from the MLS American soccer strain before and it hasn't done much for us. Granted, Adrian Heath was from England, but let's be honest, he was, he's only ever coached in America. But no, He coached over there, but not successfully either. Okay, but so he's been terrible who everywhere, right? For? Sorry, I didn't. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. um, I do think that Caleb Porter and either James O'Connell or Anthony Poulis at least deserve to be at the bottom of this list in case that we can't find someone else that doesn't demand an arm a leg and 50% of the ownership group. I, I could okay, I I understand that especially considering that we probably have to buy out Jason Christ's contract. Exactly. We're not a rich club, right? But we are lining up investors. We just got an investor so there has to be some money on. I'd rather get a really good coach right now and delay Lake Nona for another year. I don't care. You know, I want to I want to get uh, spend allocate money towards 
towards the, the uh, high-level coach. Um, and if we're going to get more investors, you have to have a sales pitch. Being a loser is not a good sales pitch. That's not how you get investors. Winning and name recognition really helps on that, and that's just going to improve us long-term. But besides, we're, we're playing for Orlando. What is Anthony? Why does Anthony Poulos deserve to be on here? He didn't. I don't know what he did with OCB. That was that great. And St. Louis FC seems to be fine, but it, I, I just maybe because I was in the USL days, I just don't have this nostalgia. I don't. I don't care about Anthony Poulos more than anybody be else. For nostalgia. Yeah. It would mostly be for nostalgia for the time he put in at the club. Same with, with James O'Connell. Yeah, I see someone mention Jamie with, bring Watson back or whatever. I'm like, come on. Nah. The thing with James O'Connell is he's had so much success since his time started at Louisville City. I don't think that um, Anthony Poulos would be a good selection right now. I feel like in the future he might. Right now, AJ. But those are just the chances that we might take and say, let's take a chance on a young kid. But if we're we're being honest, Mm -hmm. we're not in any position where we're going to take a chance on a young kid. Can I ask you guys a question real quick? Sure. What's lacking right now? What's hurting us uh, at Orlando City? Mm. Inconsistency. It's basically uh, our filling up the stadium, if you ask me, correct? Well, yeah. So you bring in Anthony Poulos, you bring in a James O'Connor, or you bring in a Jamie Watson. Are we going to sell tickets? Or are we going to sell tickets with uh, Scolari and Kaká possibly as an assistant or something like that? Yeah, for sure. Or a name. We, we, we got to sell tickets. We're losing. We got to see it in both ways. Yeah. We're, we're losing on our marketing and our sales, mm-hmm. and we're also losing on our players and the game. So we need to have a win-win situation. So we need to bring somebody big no matter what. And if not, it, it's going to hurt us. If we bring in Anthony Polis, yes, he's doing okay at St. Louis. And, yes, we might, you know, Give him a little kickback for playing in with us in the USL days or whatever with James O'Connor, same thing. But are we going to fill up the stadium? Are we going to fill up? You know, we don't know what they can do in the MLS. And that's what happened with um, uh, Adrian Heath. You know, he was a good USL coach, but that was it. Mm-hmm. You know, he, and he's showing it in Minnesota. You know, two years there, about to go two years, and he's not doing it either. So I think, you know, we need to get a big-name coach to fill up the stadium and start winning. Yeah. As long as it's not Bruce Arena. Yeah, that's not a big-name coach. It's just a big head. <laughs> um, now, now, when it comes to, to, to uh, the critiques that I, I know that JJ's going to get is that this, uh, you can't treat everything like a business. What happened to the club and the passion? It is a business. It's part of it. It's the way it is, especially the MLS with – the way it's growing with big money clubs, that is part of the calculation. JJ's absolutely correct about that. And, and in, you know, Christ had more success than James O'Connor and Anthony Poulos and all those guys in MLS before. So it's a little harder sell to say we got rid of someone who's had success in MLS for someone who's never done it. So I feel like O'Connor is a bit of a poor man's Adrian Heath. And then Anthony Poulos is a poor man's James O'Connor. And uh, I, I don't. Does the club, does the ownership want to give those guys a shot and see what they can do? Young people, they're gonna need to put their imprint and and build a club, and that's a rebuild. A reboot is getting a and big that's name, the and you say we have good players win now, which some people view it as a critique, but I, I don't see why winning now is a bad thing. That's you why. Just, that's why I don't think a guy like Caleb Porter or Bruce Arena. I mean, maybe not Bruce Arena, because maybe Bruce Arena. 
could try and win with this team. But Caleb Porter would probably want to reboot the re, redo the entire team, rebuild it again, you know, throw away the season. And we're above the red line. They fired him when we were above the red line for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, if if we're above the red line right now, we're we're in the playoffs. If the playoffs were to start today, mm-hmm. and we're nearly halfway through the season, and he's still fired, so you know, take that with how you want. But in all honesty. That to that to me tells me that you're going to bring in a proven coach, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if they already have an idea of who it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Why is Alex Leto not in town? Yeah, he's out of town. He's closing the deal. Mm-hmm. Closing that deal. Has anybody seen where he's at? No. Have you? You've been an investigator. Have you seen that one? Mm-hmm. Where is he at? Maybe Russia. Maybe Russia. Maybe Russia. Yeah. Also, uh, a possibility, a good friend of Flavio, who just got recently his coaching uh, UEFA coaching license, Nuno Gomez, who used to be the Benfica player. Also, possibility, uh, just saying, mm. you know, and uh, been seeing a lot of uh, on the, t- you know, in the social media of a lot of uh, togetherness with Orlando people, and you know, so just just a little. Thing, teaser basically yeah well so, yeah well yeah well guys this is a big monumental day for the club i'm kind of excited uh i felt you know almost apathetic there for a little bit just kind of you see a lot of infighting on twitter we're all kind of just just frustrated right now and like a family we're, we're fighting with each other and uh, i feel like this could turn a season around and Barely making the playoffs because teams keep drawing and losing around us is not really exciting. It's not good enough for the front office, which I'm glad. And uh, we have the team to make a run. And with the right hire, we still can make that run. Alex Brown has said it a million times. It's about who gets hot, who gets hot at the right time. Hire a coach midway through like Seattle did, and then you start building momentum. And he puts his imprint on the club, and you get hot right at playoff time. Here we are hosting a playoff game. No one's going to give two hoots that Christ got fired midseason. Uh, I got one thing also to say. Remember, uh, everybody was you know not happy about Jason Christ, you know, uh, when Heath got fired back in the day. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody was talking bad. Everybody was saying that you know, hey, you know, Jason. Christ shouldn't be here. We should keep Heath. And now all of a sudden, those same people are saying the same thing. We should keep Jason Christ. Listen, it's soccer. He's not winning. Yeah, on the six-game losing streak, it's time to change. And that's what it is. Fair enough. Now, Alex, you had something? Um, Just I, I, I kind of want to end this kind of on a positive note. And just real quick, one positive memory from Jason Christ's two-year tenure in Orlando. How about Swaggy B? You, you go first. Yeah, Swaggy. <laughs> uh, we were talking about this before the show, and I mean, everything that I can think of was like a draw. I mean, I have a lot of great memories of draws under Jason Christ. Um, overall, though, I mean, I'll steal the easy one from everybody since you're making me go first, and I guess I'll take the home opener from last year. Ooh. Uh, getting to beat his his prior team, um, you know, those seemed like bright days that started the season last year. But uh, time, a lot of time has come, and and he's gone. And you know, I like Eddie. And the last thing that I'll say about it is, I like how uh, Eddie said, you know, we're all kind of upset about it and or you know, getting at each other. But uh, tomorrow the sun will shine, 
you know, and and it will be it will be alive, and it can't get worse than six games losing. So we're only up from here. Uh, have, you know, smile about what happened today because it can't get worse. I don't think it can, at least. There you go. All yeah. right. My memory uh, is basically, um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I really don't have one. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, him sitting down, I guess, not getting up and, <laughs> you know, yelling at refs and oh. pushing the players. But uh, I wish him well. I wish him wherever he goes, mm-hmm. he, you know, gets success. But I really don't have any memories of him. You know, well, I was a big advocate of trying to get rid of uh, Heath. I was hoping Christ would be the answer, but that didn't happen. So, uh, whatever. When well, the new coach comes in, hey, let's kick some butt. Yeah, well, I appreciate you being honest, I was, you know, even though you didn't answer the question. but uh, Oh, you did. Your, your question was, was you don't have one. But, uh, uh, you know, Alex still took mine, to be honest. But if I can remember something about him, it's about the man. He seemed like a very decent man, a family man, a guy who really, a guy who, who cared and who, who tried and some bad luck, some, some bad decisions, some of his shortcomings led us to this point. And so I, I just kind of respect the guy. I feel like he's a good man. I feel like it's someone I could get along with. And, uh, and, um, I've never been one who, who cared if the coach yells all on the sidelines or the press conference. Uh, I could tell he, he really, really cared. And that sad face at Montreal didn't tell you he cared. I, I don't know what else you need there. That made me sad. I, I was like, little tug on the heartstrings there just like man he's just like crap i mean what am i supposed to do we just give a penalty in the first 10 minutes again you know that's that stinks man you got to feel for the guy a bit so that's what i remember on that um and like alex said let's be positive it can't get any worse we actually have change creates positivity right hope and change You, you have something to look forward to now right so let's let's be positive let's uh bring down the acrimony a bit and uh Let's root for the Lions the rest of the year and be positive because change is here, change is now. Most of us wanted it, and uh, now we gotta we gotta see what happens. Indeed, and Ryder, what do you? What's your favorite? Um, my favorite memory was actually last year, and like you said, it is in fact a draw. Was fighting back to get a draw with nine versus eleven against Chicago. Yeah. The grit that he put into the club for the second half to make that comeback mm. was, ve- was is memorable, and I will always remember that yeah, game. That was awesome. Yeah. Let me ask you guys a quick question sure. before we, we head out. Out uh, is it a little ironic that the news came right after Ronaldo scored that goal and Oof. the game ended versus Spain? They were trying to hide it by far. If they wanted to truly dump, hide right? it, a news dump, right? Ex- it, that's the technical term mm-hmm. for it. Yes. If they wanted to truly news dump it, they would have put it during either halftime or halfway through the second half. Yeah. Or but no, they chose four o'clock, mm-hmm. right as the whistle ended, for arguably one of the most entertaining Oof. soccer matches of the. That year. was amazing. This World Cup's been great so far. I've had a blast. Ronaldo's ridiculous. Hat trick was amazing, and if, if yeah, the gay is a great goalkeeper. Yeah, the yeah, well, and if upset I upset call tomorrow. Yeah, if if I were to to do a news dump, I would have done it right when Ronaldo was lining up that free kick right there. No one would have seen it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, 
it's been awesome again. And uh, don't forget, Tuesday night, we're back uh, with our regular podcast. We just had a special edition mm-hmm. today about the firing of uh, Jason Price. And Cleon's uh, back on Tuesday. And Cleon's back. So uh, listen to us uh, again. And uh, once again, thank you for all the listeners that listen to us. And, and the and, respond uh, on Twitter and stuff? Correct. And thank you very much. Thank you again, everybody. Good night. Good night, Good night guys. guys. Go City. Good night, Go City. guys. Go City. Thanks for listening to the Orlando Lions Den Podcast. Until next time, be sure to check us out on Twitter and Facebook and at OrlandoLionsDen.com.